The I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. Stories, advice and discussions to resource, encourage and support independent music artists. In this week's I Am Independent podcast, we are talking all about releasing your music. Something, of course, that you'd think is obvious and every artist does do and wants to do but at the same time there could be uh, many things because the task is so overwhelming that can stop you so we thought we would break it down for you in this week's episode some tips to release your music the order to do it in a checklist of the things that you actually need to do things that we have found work things that we kind of feel aren't worth your money or time to do so not necessarily shortcuts but certainly um, making your to-do list uh, a little bit shorter uh, and like we said there'll be uh, we'll point you towards where you can find out more information where we've touched on it briefly as well as always if there's anything else you want to know get in touch but for now we hope this will be a really useful episode for you Hi, welcome to the I Am Independent podcast with Loretta and Bianca. So this week we are talking about releasing music. Um, It's one of those things where, you know, you make music and you put your efforts into it and then you get to the point of releasing and you know there's like 50 things to do, but what are these 50 things to do? Um, so So we wanted to create something where we have... A podcast that is basically like a checklist of all the things that you should or are great to do when you are about to release your awesome music into the world. Funny thing is as well, um, one of the things I've found out through the artist coaching that I've done is uh, as much as you say, you know, you, you're going to release your music and you think, what, what do I need to do? I found that a lot of artists feel a little bit paralysed sometimes in terms of releasing music. So they are an artist, they want to be an artist, they're writing music, they might even be recording music, but sometimes the gap between that ever seeing the light of day is paused literally because of not knowing what to do and in what order. And I think because Bianca and I have been doing this for some time, um, it's, it's becoming more and more second nature to us, but we are learning so much with every release. Yeah. But I realised that just having the basics could be really, really helpful just to know a general order and a, a bit of a checklist, like you said. And you? also, as you say, we've been learning quite a lot, but also adding new things in it, you know, yes. to our process when we release music. And I think that's part of it is like learning how music world changes and how to adapt when we're releasing music. Mm. I think the first thing to say as well with any job um, that can seem overwhelming that you need to do in life. This goes whether you're decorating or whatever. The whole thing, as they say, is preparation, preparation, preparation. Yes. And I think that is so true. Um, even if you know what you've got to do, actually writing it down and giving yourself enough time. Um, don't forget, like we said when we spoke before about having a you know a 12 to 18 month plan, it's all a guide. It may have to change if you've got your date, then you want to submit your music, but it's not quite back from the mixer or the master or whatever you can change it nobody else knows but you but having a written down plan um and a rough timeline is probably the first thing you need to do yeah absolutely um i think it goes without saying um to make the best music possible Mm -hmm. you know um you want to release something into the world you want it to be great and you can do all the things that we're going to say and if it's for music that maybe you did in a rush or you're not actually, re- you yourself are not very happy with it. S- some of these steps are not necessarily going to work very well. You know, you can promote anything these days. We have the same tools as the big labels to run ads on YouTube and on social media. But how many um, ads do you just scroll past because it just isn't that good? Um, so the first point, I think, is to make as best music as you can and be critical in some ways make it from the heart but then when you get to the place where you think what should I release be critical maybe get you know get some advice from somebody who tells you the truth and you know make sure you feel like it is something great to put out there 
Mm. You want to be proud of it and you want it to be something that you're not going to look back and cringe. And obviously we grow. So I'm sure, B, when you look back at your Girl. early releases, you might not feel as passionate yeah. about them as now. But yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's where you're at the time. So it's making sure that at the time you're putting out uh, your uh, very best. And uh, next, this may sound a little counterintuitive. You may think, what? There's planning and there's over planning. But we would really encourage you to know what you're going to do after this release. This yeah. very release we're talking about and giving you tips about right now. Again, this is a common mistake from artists where everything is in on this one single that you're doing, which is right that you focus on it you do all the stuff it's out you've done all your prep you've done your six weeks you've uploaded it at the right time you've done all your promo but you're like phew mm. and then you've gained all these fans who are like when's the next thing you're like yeah. I hadn't even thought of that so planning beyond that you know something like six months in advance knowing what your next two singles if you're going to do a run of singles are after that if you know that you're heading for an EP, make sure you've done the EP before you even yeah. release single one. If it's an album, make sure the album's finished and so that you are ready to even respond. And the reason I want to say that as well, because even with a plan in mind and a timeline in mind, say it's going to be three singles and you think you're going to space them out like this, this and this. If one of them suddenly blows up in a way you had not thought possible, say it goes viral or something like that happens, you may want to immediately release the next one. You may want to respond to that in a way. But if you've not been prepared for that, suddenly you can't even uh, move around the the plans that you already had. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can totally relate to that. Um, It's just and taking a small step back, but um, to... It's not actually a step back. You you can still make sure that you have your assets prepared. And actually, um, maybe if we can, we can run the audio from Charlie, who we interviewed a while back, who talked a bit about what he calls having your assets prepared and having, you know, um, if you're going to release a run of singles, having those singles and then the videos ready for the next two months. And while people are enjoying those those things that you can actually be getting ready for the next things. Hi, my name's Charlie Ogbechi. I do marketing at Live Nation. I've been working in and around music for the past 10 years now. Fun times. Artists just need to make sure that everything that, that they do is organised. That if you have a, a rollout and you're committing to do certain things, let's say putting out um, songs and videos, make sure that you have like a consistent release. As we've seen over the past couple of years, Stormzy, for example, what helped his rise and his growth was that he was consistently putting out music, consistently putting out content. And with that, it just feeds, consistently feeds appetite and wets appetite and people want more and more and more. And if you're feeding that, people are just gonna continuously talking about your name and it's just gonna rise. There's different ways to, um, I guess, say attack the release. Um, I'm very, very fond of having all your assets prepared before you go out into the public. And it could be, it's an agreed number of assets. It doesn't have to be your whole campaign. It doesn't have to be, let's say, if you're wanting to, you, your dream is to put out four singles and four videos. You don't necessarily have to have those four singles and videos ready to go. But if it's going to span over the course of, let's say, six months, have like the first three months prepared so that you can then do, sort out the next three months while the world is enjoying what you've already put out. Um, social media is very, very big. We're in 2018 and it's, like, it's one of the fundamental pieces of any kind of marketing campaign or any kind of like direct um, artist-consumer kind of relationship. We've seen many artists sell like loads of records off their relationship with their, um, their fans via social media or sell out tour so on and so forth. Um, I would say like social media can be a dangerous one. It is good to, sometimes to get your thoughts out and have good relationships, but just be very, very careful in regards to understanding that as an artist that like, you're now in a position where I guess you're selling a product or you have, like you want to put yourself in the best possible light. And all of us have sometimes thoughts and things or opinions which might not be the most popular or things that may cause offense. I would always recommend thinking twice about things that you put into um, to the world. On the flip side to it, there's the best ways to use social media is continuously engaging with fans answering questions and um, if people tweet at you like yeah just get back to them because that builds that that personal that intimate relationship and like fans love it your supporters love it they don't just want to be seen as like they support you and they're fans of you and you're so distant that we're seeing a lot of artists these days just getting a lot of popularity just through their personal and intimate relationships with with their fans and doing things like 
like activations with their best supporters and their best fans that is just building up their profile so there are great ways to use social media Yeah, so that was Charlie um, talking about um, yeah having all your assets prepared. But I did want to take a step back because I released an EP, my very first EP, which I'm you know trying to get off the internet. People are saying don't do it, but I like I just I think I don't want it there anymore. But that I didn't master that EP. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was just recorded, and I didn't I didn't know what mastering was. I didn't know anything about this stuff, so I was working with people, and it was just mixed. And then and then we put that thing out there into the into into the interwebs um let's master our tracks people um i think it's <laughs> so a good in case idea. anyone's listening and don't know what mastering is then yeah they mas- can be like you. yeah exactly mastering is like that final source that um brings mm-hmm. the the music together so that actually when it's played on if it's played on radio in a car you know um at home that it sounds um polished and ready mixing you know, brings all the elements, all the production and the musicianship and the vocals together so that it's all working well together. And mastering is that final thing that makes it um, sound great. You know, you hear a track on radio and it's loud and you can hear all the different levels and it just sounds glossy. That's what mastering Mm. is. And it's like one of those things, isn't it? Like you might listen to a track and think, that's great, that's finished. But when you notice it is when it has been mixed or mastered. Then you're like... That's what was missing. Yes. And that's my, probably my best way of describing it because you, you'll think, well, it's great. It's fine. Why, yeah. why do you know? It's just, and I haven't got much money because I'm an independent artist. It's so worth yeah. it. It really is worth the the investment. In fact, just just don't release it. It's don't release it. Awesome. Just wait till you have it. Mastering is not the most expensive part. The rest of it is more expensive. So just like, you know, it can be expensive, but it's literally not the price. It's part of the process. So definitely master your music. And then have all your assets prepared or as many of them prepared as possible um and then register it again my first ep just thought you know what i'm going to release it and not get paid um (laughs) i'm going to spend money and then i'm like i don't need to be paid um and not that you were consciously thinking that again we still uh with i'm independent um and I still, with my unsigned radio show, will speak to artists or I want to play their music or so ask them what their PRS number is or what the IRSRC number is so I can re- register. And they're like, what is that? And I'm like, you're releasing music. And it's the difference between being paid and not paid. That is yeah. literally what it is. Um, it registers your music so that as soon as you've written your track, if you've written that track, firstly, it protects you from somebody else. Yeah ripping off that song and getting the payments for it or copying the song so it it proves that it's yours but it also means every single time it's played on radio um, it's able to be trackable so you can actually get paid it means when you play live you can submit your set lists to PRS you would get some money from that uh, it means for the the sound recording itself um, to register with PPL it means you're going to get paid that way as well so it, I can't tell you how important it is to register your music if you want to take music seriously and you might think oh well, it's just a few pence if that's the only income you've got coming and if you gig regularly if you're lucky enough for radio to pick up your music that's an income it is an income it's it's necessary needs to be done um the next thing we would say is um to have visuals now this is this is something that's not it's not as controversial but people have different ideas about it and that a visual when i say a visual i mean i mean two things i do mean artwork but I'm, i'm specifically talking about a video um people say that it's not important and i think that you can be creative about your sort of release you know story and it may not need to include a video but I do think a well thought out creative video idea really in conjunction with the track that makes sense it really really helps Mm. that release to fly Mm. and I think I would mm. say as well that today the, the space that we're in at the moment it's really important. I think there was a time when it's a nice bonus, but I would go as far to say it's actually quite important now because this is just one reason, because we're in an age of social media where at the moment for the artist, Instagram is arguably the most important social media and it's visually driven. So YouTube is probably the second most important 
visually driven. So you can see why it's so important to have some kind of visuals. That doesn't mean that you need to have a big budget for movie, full blown movie. There's very um, cheap and affordable ways and creative ways to do that. But I would say make some kind of visuals a priority for a, le- a release in the age that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I really think so. And also, if you're if you're wanting um, maybe the blogs or websites to um, premiere your track or even feature your music there to their audience, a lot of them now are asking for a visual and yeah, they're they less it. inclined to yeah to um, support your release if there isn't a visual because I think their audiences don't necessarily engage as well if they see something on their feed mm. and it's maybe just artwork it's not as engaging as if there's a moving image mm. um it's, as i said it's not to say that you can't and i think it's about as being as creative as possible um having as creative a brief as possible around your release but if you can afford to plan your release with enough time and you save enough money to create a visual that would be great like um, I can always I always have to go back to where I am at currently I released a single in May with a full video and I know that that video in conjunction with the song is what helped that song to um, be received in the way that it was and it did For really sure. well yep. and then I had a, my second single which I just released maybe a week ago called Home and I know I didn't have all, didn't have enough money to do a whole full video, but I know that I needed something, um, and I just thought for a while, and I and I came up with an idea of making an animation that wasn't the f- animations are very expensive, by the way, because um, it just takes such a long time. A good animation is just a lot of money, but I thought if I can create a a story that is maybe thirty seconds long that could be looped that people would enjoy kind of watching passing by their eyes whilst they're listening to the track maybe that will you know be good so I created this um I worked with an animator and he created this idea of me running home that's songs about wanting to be home and it's about right and the, the video is me running home through these obstacles and finally getting home and closing the door being relieved and it just kind of goes around in a loop maybe five times throughout the track and I just needed to find something to do that something some visual that's going to be captivating in some way so I say that to say it doesn't have to be a full video but it's just being creative Mm. and finding something engaging and that worked so well I think I'm for a long time I'm going to be using that as an example of a really creative way to do an affordable video because not only um, did it work great that you you had a music video, but actually it was so clippable, uh, you managed to get memes out of it as well, Mm -hmm. um, which people are engaging with. So there were so many elements that came, ultimately because you didn't have enough budget. So again, like we have said over and over again, through a lack of budget, rather than seen as restrictive, it forces you to be more creative, which, and this is a great example of that Mm -hmm. with home. Yeah. So we've talked about visuals. Um, It's really important as well that you have fresh images in terms of photographs as well. This is something, again, that particularly in this day and age where everyone's a photographer uh, and not always a good one, but I say that to say that photographers are more visible. So it's easy to find. You probably know somebody who's got a great camera. You can find someone on Instagram. There's Fiverr where you can find people who are training. Mm. Um, I would just say if you're going to go with somebody who is just starting out to do some photos for you, then you're it's probably not going to be a photographer that's got a whole vision for you Mm. so go knowing exactly what you want and again Bianca you're a great example of this you've always been very clear about who you are as an artist how you want to look how you want that to come across so you've um given photographers quite clear direction haven't you yeah yeah I usually do I usually know what I want or I really if I want to collaborate I really go into that process and and I'm a real sort of part of the process of collaboration um so um yeah I usually have a vision and then I maybe go on Pinterest or go online and just create some sort of mood board um for what I would like or if I don't know I'm I'm really active part of the process but yeah fresh images is around a release is is cool I think using the same images you used for the last five releases I don't think that works. Mm. But um, 
I think even just having, as you said, having a student or somebody who's wanting to build their portfolio and going outdoors, and um, at the very least an outdoor shoot yeah. where you're... Take advantage yeah, of the natural lighting. Absolutely. I think that works really, really well. And you, you know, you'll get a bunch of photos and your new images of yourself. At the very least, that's a, that's actually a really good look. Because it's mainly for social media. Yeah. And it's also probably for um, when you're sending out your press release and that to have pressure And another great tip that um, Bianca has done with her last well certainly with run and hide is took advantage of think ahead on the day of the shoot um either the same person or another friend to come along with a camera you're already made up you've already got some nice props so just get a few photos Mm -hmm. taken then a they're going to tie in with the theme of the video Mm -hmm. so the art you've got your ready-made artwork there uh with home we use a still from the animation which worked really well Mm -hmm. so there you can incorporate that you don't have to think oh i've paid for a video now I've got to pay for a whole um, photo shoot exactly. you can actually incorporate those together using stills from the at the very least using stills from your video yeah that worked really well the only thing about that was that because um say your video is quite specific it's got a specific look um then when I've now got another release, I can't necessarily use those images. Like I was wearing this big crown thing. So now that those those images are quite specific to that video. So yeah. it's really tricky for so me to... So it's fine for cover artwork. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It was great for cover art, artwork and actually different images I could use on social media um, during that whole run of pr- promo for that single. But after that single, I'm like, ah, oh, I've got... There are some images that are great which I can maybe do a throwback to, but I can't necessarily use it for a new run. However, this release, I used images from a shoot that I did like two or three years ago. And because I had different looks, I hadn't actually used these images. I'd used other ones. So I didn't actually have a fresh shoot for my most recent release, but I used images that I hadn't used before. So you might want, if you if you have a bit of budget, you might want to um, do a shoot where you have maybe three or four different looks and and you can just p- repurpose those um for the next three or four releases mm-hmm. that that's, might be that's a, a great tip to do effective that. way yes um, um so so you've um you've got your music ready you've got your artwork ready um you've registered your music you've got your isrc isrc codes which are the codes that help your music to be identified online you've got those and you've scheduled your date what next um i think pr is something that is often the next thought how to promote it and how to get help promoting it now this is just my personal opinion i am not sure let me just be specific let me just be straight i don't think that paying a PR company um, to promote your release is the best use of our money as independent artists who, if you haven't got, if you're not on a track and you haven't got lots of momentum going already, I don't know, I don't think that they can help you as um, as much. And because usually the goals that you have for yourself is that you want loads of people to hear your music. And I don't think traditional PR... Um, can help really help uh, move the needle much for an independent artist I wouldn't suggest paying for PR Mm. controversial let's discuss I think I would say I agree with you depending on where you are in your journey so I think that's quite an important element because I'm aware that people listen to the podcast on uh, the bulk I think are usually emerging artists and people yeah. out on the journey but um, because obviously I'm a music manager as well there's gets to a point where it's really helpful mm-hmm. but I think you even to get PR to want to work with you there's an ame- element of um, following of traction of streams not the numbers yeah. that you need to be at for somebody who's going to really work for you mm-hmm. and really move the needle um, that to get to that point, I don't think it's worth paying anyone for. I yeah. think you should do yourself. Uh, like you said, Bianca, I think once you get to a point where you've really grown that um, 
then PR that can bring you into new space. And by then I'm talking about people who are going to be radio pluggers to get you onto yeah. the nationals, people who are going to get you a bit of TV or sofa time, uh, radio interviews and things like that. But if you're on the emerging artist journey, then I honestly think that um, it takes a lot of work and do listen to our podcasts um, where we've spoken about PR and marketing with Burstimo, but also there was one where we spoke about what we did specifically with Bianca's release back in May, um, where you can hear how we compared the results and we just had much better results for much less money doing it ourselves. Yeah, I, I, that's what it is. And I think it does depend on what your personal goals are. Yes. And I would like, I would assume, my assumption is that most independent artists are looking for to build their audience and to and to get more and more people listening to the music and they would choose that over a blog writing about them that doesn't necessarily translate to um more traction for the music that they've released and so i if that is your goal and that's usually my goal i want to just introduce my music to new people and get more and more new people listening to it and finding my audience and growing that and if that's the goal i at, at a stage where as as loretta said you're not you haven't got that traction and you're not just you know you're you're not emerging anymore you're you know doing your thing if you're not there yet traditional pr i think is a waste of money i think there's to promote your work or to further the reach of your work you can run your own ads strategically and put it in front of the people who could potentially be fans and build your audience that way mm. additionally you can do the work that a PR does you know they they contact they find the right outlets that you know m- may may receive your music may like you know they write about your genre and you might be well suited to them and you can contact them yourself and um, you can get a press release have your images have everything sorted out and then you can send your stuff to them yourself and um, send a professional email professionally written email to them yourself and then you can follow up if you haven't received a response and do that I know people um an artist who did that recently and she got her um her music and music video premiered on complex and um quite a few blogs and outlets um featured her new music and they did that themselves they didn't pay for it so i'm not saying that it's going to happen and that you're going to have a positive response it is really hard Mm. but and time consuming i think that's the main thing but if you don't have the money yeah it works. You're going to be contacting the same people that PR companies are yeah. contacting. If you're running ads on YouTube and Instagram and using Facebook Business Manager, that's exactly the same tools that labels are using. So it's a, it's a bit of a pain to learn. And it's and I admit not all artists want to do that or feel like they can do that. So by all means, um, pay if you need to. But what I'm saying is th- this part is what is ours to do as DIY musicians so if your aspiration is to eventually get a distribution deal and even if you don't want to be signed but you want to perhaps use label services right now where you are this is for you to do this is what if you're like apart from making great music what could be doing growing your following is part of your job and yes making great music and getting it out there and touring but making people aware from you this is part of your job as an independent artist so it's worth learning um and the more you do it the easier mm. it, it comes as well yeah absolutely um and then next um would say um to write a press release yes and i think it's important to have that um we always do it for our releases and when I release home somebody contacts me online like the day of the release said oh please have you got a press release and some images can you just send that to me and I'll I'll do that and they featured it the day of the release um because I had that ready um so you kind of want to have that there and we Loretta you've spoken really um um extensively actually on press releases so i think we have a podcast on that but you also did a video a short video yes on that so we'll insert the audio just so you can have a brief um sort of re- um, reminder or refresh on press releases hi my name is loretta andrews i'm a radio broadcaster um i have been an artist in the past 
Um, I'm a co-founder of IAMA and I also uh, help develop artists and manage artists. As well as working in artist development and management, um, my day job is also as a radio broadcaster. So over the years, I've received probably hundreds of press releases from emerging independent artists who want me to play their music on my radio show. So what do I look for? What uh, turns me on? What turns me off? Um, the first thing, of course, is the music. But you, the first thing you do when you receive a press release isn't automatically have the music playing. So, of course, I'm going to look at the press release. So it's important to know you've got a barrier to get through before somebody even clicks on your music. You may have the best single ever, but if you turn them off by your press release, they're not going to click on that link. So the first thing I would say is to have a really catchy headline and not just the title of your single or project and artist name. That doesn't tell me anything about you. If you can, in the title, have a little bit about the genre of music and maybe a quirky fact or story that might be behind your project in particular, the song you're pushing or maybe the thing about you as an artist. The other thing I think is so important is for an artist to know what is their story for this particular product that I'm pushing. And every um, piece of music has a story, whether you realize it or not. And you might need to revisit your inspiration for what made you write that particular song or decide to put out that body of work in an EP or album. There will be a story there. Even if you think, well, I don't think that's really interesting to anyone else. That is actually the thing that's gonna make somebody even more invested in your music. Again, as I say, you may have the best single ever, but if you've also got a story, when I hit play in my radio show to play your latest single, I've also got something really interesting to say about you and to say about uh, your music. Not only does that make my radio show better, so for me as a, a DJ, I'm like, great, I've got something to, some good content for my radio show. It also means the listener is gonna remember you as an artist and remember your music as well. So think about what is your story as an artist and what is the story of the particular product that you are pushing and make sure you get that in one line in the first paragraph of your press release. The rest of your press release should be introducing who you are as an artist, a little bit of background about you, your motivations, anything quirky again. Again, what is the story? What's the story about me? I'm not just another singer-songwriter with a guitarist. How am I gonna stand out from the other artists and the other press releases that may have landed in this person's inbox this day? I think it's a great idea to include a, a picture as well and make sure that picture is really um, depicts your brand again. Everything in this press release needs to be helping me to build up a picture of who you are as an artist and what your sound is. So make sure that that picture uh, really conveys your brand in terms of your clothing, the type of shot it is, whether that's outdoors or indoors, if you've got any props in of that as well. A really small thing, but make sure that your press release is really easy to read. No tiny, tiny letters. We're so busy, I'm sorry, but we can't be bothered to enlarge that. Make sure it's really easy to read. If possible, make sure it's only one A4 sheet. Some DJs won't be bothered to scroll down. So if you thought, I'm gonna finish my press release with my best bit of information, they may not make it that far. That's why you wanna get it in your headline and in your first paragraph. Please, please, please don't forget to put your contact information and your links there. The amount of times I've received, uh, either sometimes still a CD, but often a message in my inbox. And then there's no other contact details and no links for me to point the listeners towards. If you enjoyed that, go and check them out on Facebook or on Twitter or their website. So make sure you put all the information where people can contact you and follow you as well. And just make sure it's clean and you should get some airplay. And of course, make sure your music is really, really good. Just a quick reminder that we have a growing library of really useful videos on our YouTube page, including interviews with artists and music industry insiders sharing their experience and expertise. Search IAMA on YouTube or visit our website www.iamindependent.co.uk.
yeah, I would still stand by everything that is in that, um, just making it really clear and punch, making sure all the information's there. I spoke in that clip about um, posting into the body of an email. What I've started to do more recently, um, because I've just found that more and more people are doing it and it just makes sense, is to make sure as well as posting um, the actual press release text in an email that you're sending to somebody, also just for ease put on a google drive or a dropbox but google drive is just really easy the images um, the track to download if you're sending it to radio uh, the cover work and another copy of the press release it just means if they lose your email but they've got that or they've got everything all in one place and again don't forget to put your isrc code and all those things you want to make sure if you're sending it to a radio station and they do play it that you are going to get paid so good um and then the next thing um, is when to send your music off um, to, for, to distribution so that it can um, be out there in the world. And we'd say, which is kind of what everyone is saying um, now, which is good practice, is to send it off to distribution at least a month before um, so that, you know, you get that possibility of um, being able to tap into um spotify sort of playlists and that if you do um you know contact the blogs and all those different places they have enough time to listen to it so if you just set if you just start if you send it off um um, a month before the release there's enough time for people to kind of start migrating towards um that single so that you can maybe pick up some sort of promotion and attention on release day it means as well that you can um, encourage pre-saving before, which yes. will encourage, um, you know, results on the day. But also it's just another marketing tool. If you're talking and encourage people to pre-save, you're already putting in people's minds about your single coming out as well. So that's a really important thing to do. When do you think that people should um, advertise their pre-save? Because I think a pre-save can get quite old quite quickly. Yeah. If you're talking about it too much. So when when would you, how how in advance before the release should someone pre-save um, set a pre-save for a single album is different or yeah bigger project album's different you can do that for you know a couple of months or a month or something but I, I would say for a single at the most two weeks yeah. but I actually like the idea of it being a week mm-hmm. and then people you're the life of social media if you think about the fact that stories disappear after 24 hours then the whole idea of two weeks of somebody saying pre-save 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 almost the release date can then get lost in that so I just feel like a week is about right for that so you're you're also talking in terms of this time next week it's going to be out so you've got a whole week to pre-save it it just it's just that nice neat marker of people not being like what how how when is it coming out again it's just like oh pre-save this week it's coming out at the end of the week yeah i totally agree because i feel like if you do it too soon and then you kind of keep talking about it like all that curiosity about the fact that you've got something new coming out gets used up on the yeah. pre-save then your release is a bit of like an anti-climax and it's almost like oh I thought it was already out we've yeah. been hearing about this for ages oh it's only just coming out now well, I'm annoyed now I've been hearing about it too much I'm, yeah. not, even, I'm, <laughs> I'm not listening to that till I'm good and ready which is going to be next year um, do you know what I mean so I think it's about gauging that the element of people being excited about new music coming from you and um, how much in advance do you want to do that and how and not wasting that natural energy mm. and excitement it's um and we spoke about this in uh, our podcast on marketing and pr it's all about um breadcrumbs leading up mm. to the big event of releasing your music and obviously continuing that appetite afterwards so if you think about it that way in the same way you before that pre-save you can be posting clips from when you recorded behind the scenes from your mm. video or, or little things like that but you don't want to do it too much but you want to if that's if you're sh- if you're posting a month before let it be things about the creation of it mm. so people are like okay you're you're in creation mode if you start posting things about something being fully finished before it can get very confusing as to what exactly is the pinnacle what's the climax and that can get lost yeah. otherwise and no one's really anticipating music that like strongly like there's there's so much else going on in people's yes. worlds that they're like yeah cool i'm ex- i mean I, i'm looking forward to it i mean might even be excited but i'm also you know, got lots of other things going on in my life. So just yeah. don't like, don't badger me too much with this thing. Um, and going along with that, we mentioned about the pre-save link, um, which is really, really helpful. Um, different distributors 
um i think when you're picking your distributor you want to kind of figure out which one will help you out with that i think DistroKid is quite good because when you actually put your music um use them for your distribution they create a um pre-save page automatically um which i think is helpful but otherwise you can create them yourself and and along with that having your fan links set up and a fan link is you know when you go in someone's bio and you click on the link and you go there and you can see their video and you can see all the different places you could listen to that to the music that's a sort of a fan link and a fan page and i found those really really effective um for just ease when someone goes clicks on that link they can choose exactly the the place where they listen to the music they can watch the video there they don't have to go anywhere and there you've got your you can get your stream there you can get your you know your video view there and people have done it with like one click basically mm-hmm. so um i use something called i think it's called amp amp dot link and they're great because it's free and it looks pretty good too and you can put all your links up there you can create as many sort of fan links or pages for as you want for each single that you want to that you have coming out and yeah i found those those i think i found that link to be great especially when you're running ads that you can point your ad straight to the fan link mm. and so and um, people like, see an ad that comes across, you know, on their Insta stories or something, it's really short and they're like, oh, yeah, I like this. They click and they can go straight to watch more or to stream it and they don't have to, you know, jump around everywhere. And on that, if you do use uh, a fan link like that and you're setting up ads, I know this is true for uh, Facebook Business Manager, you can actually then go back in and look to see which percentage Mm. went where. So you can find out if most people from your ads are going to Spotify to stream or if they're going to watch the video. And all of that data is really helpful for you to plan future releases, see where your fan base is and see what's working for you and what isn't. It's really good. So uh, sort of mentioned this a little bit, a minute ago about mapping out social media strategy again is think of it in terms of this breadcrumbs this this trail that you're running out the big event is releasing your music and uh, to be honest even your music is part of a, a bread tra- breadcrumb trail to perhaps seeing you live and ultimately to becoming hopefully a lifelong fan of your yeah. music and being a part of your tribe so every single thing you do wants to be engaging your fans and it is a fine line between badgering and annoying people mm. and um engaging them you? like what does badgering look like to you to me i don't mind how many times i see something if it's telling me a different aspect or a slightly different story mm. so i don't it's not about the amount of times i hear from that artist but if all of i'm getting is buy my music buy my music buy my music and a, a picture of the front cover mm. like do you know what i actually might not yeah. <laughs> i probably wouldn't do that mm. but to that extent I'm just like oh I'm seeing that a lot if I'm seeing from an artist um like some behind the scenes clip of their video and it looks really interesting I'm like Mm. oh I'm really intrigued to see that video when Mm. it comes out and then another bit of the time it might be I don't know a clip of one of their band members playing Mm. the song and then it might be a teaser of the animation for example Mm. like for for your video and then somebody talking about the artist talking about their creation process or what the song's about like oh, I'd have never thought that song was about that. All the time, my intrigue is building. So they're telling me the same thing. They're telling me that a single's coming out, but in different ways that are interesting and engaging. So I think the best advice that we could give in terms of social media is to be creative about it. Yeah, and, go, oh, are you excited? Are you as excited as I am? Like, I'm not, and the answer is usually no. no. Who is as excited as you are, really? <laughs> like, I mean, unless you're... Your mum? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're Beyonce, then everyone's excited, fine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, people don't, are you excited? Can't you? I, I bet you can't wait. Like, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Like, nobody's <laughs> keeping their eyes peeled. <laughs> and, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean be creative <laughs> about what you're posting, but actually plan that creativity. And I think this is the tension we've talked a lot about uh, with I Am Independent is creativity needs space and needs planning it doesn't stop being creative just because you've planned Mm. it so in terms of a social media strategy way before you 
start posting stuff and we've said this a lot of times we've talked about creating a Dropbox folder where you put a load of images to do with your release a load of quotes your behind the scenes footage all of the things so you don't have to every day think what am I going to post today Mm -hmm. but you've actually planned oh I could do that in on the first day if you're going to do a countdown again do that in a creative way and plan what you're going to put on each day but make sure that it's interesting engaging make sure that it's what you would want to hear from your favorite artist or an artist that you're into or even an artist that you're vaguely interested in that's that's probably a better way of thinking about it but just make sure it's creative and ultimately you might talk about what inspired you for the show and uh, for the song and at the very end you put a link to mine to pre-save but actually you've really engaged someone because you've talked about something that they can identify with and go oh yeah I'm like that or I get that and you know you've engaged them a little bit further you're bringing them Mm. down the train so that eventually when your song comes out they are going to get it and you know um, Burstam actually who we interviewed they talk um, a bit about actually creating content that isn't to do with your music you know Mm. um, having a relationship with your audience that isn't just about trying to engage them with the music that you're putting out there and that's something that is sort of in and out of season like in and out of the season of releasing is something to cultivate and I I know it can be hard especially if you don't really like social media and you don't really want to engage in that way but find as we said it before people say all the time but finding a way um that's comfortable for you to engage um and it's and it not be just about um, your music and just creating a dialogue and a relationship with people if it's if it's something funny or if it's inspirational or you know for me I don't really post much on my feed um but I post a lot on my stories different things you know um because I find that easier to do and I think you know it's it's more digestible for everyone and I find something inspirational that I, I'm into or or something that is humorous or parts of my day when I'm not trying to like you know have a camera I'm not vlogging but you know on the stories you can just give you know a few dashes four dashes is just a minute of your life you can give people a few dashes of your of your day um or of your perspective on on life or whatever so even if you just want to you start building um a a relationship with your audience via Facebook stories, Insta stories, even YouTube have stories as well um like that could be a way too Mm. and one thing we've mentioned because it helps you with your algorithms also it's just polite is make Mm. sure you reply to people's comments and just take that time to reply it means all the world to somebody um, who's interested in your music it could be the difference between them becoming a fan as well and keeping that conversation going and like I said it's just polite as well and uh, just making sure as well that um, if you're somebody that social media doesn't come easy to then feel free to plan it and it really um if for you it has to be a discipline rather than something that comes easily, it can be 20 minutes a day. We're like, just for 20 minutes, I'm going to post something, I'm going to reply, and then that's it. Okay. Don't feel like mm. it has to be, you your know, whole your whole life, every hour. In fact, that's probably quite unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Um, and some sort of, what well, I'll call it more admin things, I suppose, would be to um, update your website. Um, yes. So... Yeah, and all your social media banners, and all things your banners, yeah, long to reflect the single yeah, release exactly. or or whatever your releases that you're promoting. Exactly, just update all of that. Um, I ch- I tend to change my profile image when I've got a new release. Um, to just just to maybe one of my fresh picks that I've um had done with a photographer or whatever. I tend to change that, and then all your banners, and then um your website and. Um, prepare an email for your email list which I haven't done for this one but I need to do <laughs> but yeah um, send an email because there's some people who are not really on social media or who may not click through to your music via social media but they might via an email it's good to kind of stay connected that way so yeah those sort of add many things I'd get on top of yeah in preparation they're important things to do um Obviously, we spoke in the beginning a bit about planning ahead and what you're going to do after. Um, A great time to announce if you're going to be touring or doing any live dates is in conjunction with your single. Because actually, your single uh, acts as marketing for your tour. 
uh, and vice versa. If you're talking about a tour and people are thinking of seeing you live or thinking what would you be like live, they are then therefore going to check out your music mm. to see if they want to go. So actually it gives you something else to talk about in the follow-up from your single. If you've got some live events, it keeps the momentum going. It's another chance to um, spin round again on your promotion for the single. Again, like I said, it's a different way of saying the same thing, but you're adding some new information because now if people have become a fan of listening to your music, the next thing they want to do is experience you live. Mm. So that's a great thing. Again, to think about that way before yeah. uh, you've even started this process, if that's going to happen, space out when you're going to announce that, how you're going to announce it, make sure each thing circles back to each other. So the tour circles back to your music. Your music reminds people that you're going to be going on tour so there's an opportunity for them to book. So good. Um, and this one is a, a big one in terms of maybe the learning curve and the effort but um it's advertising and um pushing your music outside of you posting saying that my music's out my music's out my music's out um there's only so many so many times you can do that as we said and also i think as independent artists we need to be looking to connect to be connecting with people that don't know us absolutely brand new um potential um fans and supporters of us and people who are going to enjoy our music so um so i think it's important to schedule and build pre-roll ads um and when i say pre-roll ads if you have a video a pre-roll ad is you know when you're watching youtube and um in the middle of it or before or at the end an ad runs um that ad is a pre-roll ad and and that, that could be your music video playing while somebody is watching some other video and then they like the ad that they've seen and then they click on it and they go to your channel or they go wherever you send them and watch and engage with you more um and then social media advertising being running ads um, via Facebook Manager or in the app itself, say it's Instagram, um, to be running um, ads promoting your music to new people or whoever you're engaging with. I think that is so, I found that to be crucial. Um, so whilst I might appear to be in, inactive on my social media or very active in a very small way, you know, um, actually often for the those at least those weeks after the release I'm running ads and the people that are engaged with my with my music already are not seeing those ads Mm. it's new people in new territories new places um I'm experimenting with um age groups and interests and um um just tastes and all different things i'm experimenting with all those things to find people that would like would like this and they'll they so I'll have fresh people coming on coming onto my pages and engaging with the music and being introduced to music all the time mm. even though it doesn't appear that i'm talking a lot about my music and it on really my social pages does work we found mm. it's work. i mean how do you know if it's working is when people are actually bothered to comment so yeah. You know, in terms of uh, pre-roll ads, you know, it's a certain amount of seconds before it's counted as a view and things like that. If it's, for instance, a video. So you could argue, well, how do you know, you know, that, you know, those people are actually fans? But actually... The, how you can measure it is when people are bothering to go and find you on Instagram and they're bothering to comment on the, the video or comment on uh, Instagram or repost uh, you, your track to their stories and say how much they love it. You, we're not paying those people to no. do that. That's genuine. So you can actually see the results yourself. It's very satisfying to see. Yeah. It's really satisfying to see uh, territories that you would otherwise not know that you're growing a fan base in. And we will do, we promise to at some point do an extensive video on how to do this because we're getting asked a lot and we'll do a, a podcast on that as well or rather we'll make that video into podcast but um just in case that's something you're experimenting with already a great way on facebook business manager to do that is to create what's called a lookalike audience so just like bianca said there and i won't go into this too much because we will when we we do it separately but um sometimes artists can make the mistake of only advertising their music to the people who are already a fan mm. now if they're already following you on spotify they will get an email 
or they'll see yeah. on their release radar to see when you've got music out. So you kind of don't need to tell them if they're already liked your Facebook page. Okay, that's debatable whether mm-hmm. they'll actually see it. But certainly if they follow you on Instagram, they're likely to see when you've got a release. What you want to be doing is reaching people who might like your music, who might be into the kind of genre you do that don't yet know about you. Now, mm-hmm. Facebook do this amazing thing called where you can create lookalike audiences. So based on people who already engage with you, who already like your Facebook page or who already engage with you on Instagram, you can create a lookalike audience in a territory, which means they will show your ad to people who they think mm-hmm. are quite likely uh, to enjoy your kind of music. They're not going to show it, if you're in, you know, a soul artist, they're not going to show it to thrash metal. Mm-hmm. They're going to show it to people who have showed an interest in the things that you're interested in, that your fans are already interested in, who are already engaging, which is brilliant. does loads of work for you and it really does actually work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. And as I said, we said it's a really, is a is a l- large and a steep learning curve and we are going to create some video content that is more of a step-by-step how-to on how to do that for yourself but you can go on YouTube and there are loads of videos out there that if you're you're at that stage where you want to release right now that you can learn how to do it it is a faff but once you've once you've built the skill then you know you don't need to pay anyone else to create your ads for you and you can manage it and know where what's working what's not when to turn off an ad and when to go no when you know what this territory isn't responding I'm running these ads and the numbers are going up but I'm not getting the engagement actually let me let me not let me take it away from there and put it here okay these people are interested there I'm getting more followers and my streams are up and I'm I'm getting a lot of feedback from this these particular people actually let me put a little bit more money there and I think you can pay someone to do it and you can get someone else to but I think it's a good skill to have um, so that you can do yourself um, and you can put your money into maybe the creation of your work. And just to put that in perspective, we're literally talking about spending um, four or five pounds a day can yeah. actually bring you some results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. that's crazy to think that you can spend well over a thousand pounds, under over two thousand mm-hmm. pounds to um, a PR and marketing company. Yeah. And you can, you know, for a two week campaign and in two weeks, you can see your following growing, your engagement growing through spending potentially five pound a day yeah you could put you know you know you could spend say you know 200 pounds is that's a healthy amount like google ads when i mean google ads as you run on youtube for your videos and even social media ads it is the the cost per view or you know the cost per spend per click is really really low right now and so it's something to take advantage of to be able to put your budget towards that and um and to be able to use that to engage with um, new people and gain new fans. Okay, I think we're coming to the end of our tips. So you've set up your release, you've you kind of sorted out your pre-roll ads, you've done your social media, you've done all those different things. I think, I think something that we, in this digital age that we forget, is to like see how can we um, promote our music offline off um off of social media it's not just about these sort of numbers going up and we spoke about the live dates and doing all those sorts of things but connecting with people um via whatsapp um um people people also still do flyers and things like that sometimes in certain places that actually work well for them i'm not sure how um effective that uh, that is from a cost perspective but even just being creative of how you engage people on a face-to-face level is also something to consider yep um and as we again we started with saying it um be setting up your next release while you're doing this one and really that's the same as we said about thinking ahead it's it can be overwhelming um releasing a project when you're doing everything yourself but just make sure that you're always in mind of what is your next move because that will influence how you um, present this project. Mm-hmm. It will, um, people often ask for more. If some, if somebody likes something, they want more. Yeah. If you don't have the more to give them, then that's a problem and it's mm-hmm. an, and a missed opportunity. So uh, before you even, and it's not always possible to know what your three next three singles are or of completely finished an album especially if you like you know what I just want to put something out because I haven't for a while um 
or perhaps the tour hasn't come together yet but as much as you can have something to point to after a release and if you really don't I would say have something to point back to Mm. you can always if you've gained some new fans don't forget they might not necessarily know your back catalogue so it's an opportunity to perhaps post about an album that you've just had out or a release that was particularly successful that these new fans might not be familiar with absolutely and as we keep you know um we're moving forward and there's always new places and where people are engaging with music and art and anything and there are always new platforms and there are um platforms like tiktok and trilla where there is a massively growing audience there um, and users and um, engaging there um in seeing how you can engage with the audience there with your music might be a really really um like clever thing because whilst instagram is quite is is massively saturated and um, some of these other platforms aren't yet so to be um the early ish users of tiktok and trilla are getting quite big now but to be still um an early-ish user on those could make a really um, big impact on your actual release and uh, we have given you a lot of information here i hope you've been scribbling notes and i hope it's all been really helpful we hope that all the things we say on the podcast if there's ever anything you specifically want to know more information about please do get in touch with us and let us know we will do our best to address that or find someone who can on the podcast but specifically uh, on this topic we do also have a really handy checklist we've created it's got like basically 14 steps um, that you need to do a record release checklist and that is part of our free 10-day guide which is still available if you sign up to our website it's uh, hopefully we hope um, useful um, practical and inspirational tips each day to your inbox that will help you if you're an independent artist and one of them includes this record uh, release checklist so if you'd like to receive that you can sign up uh, by going to our website which is iamindependent.co.uk Thanks very much for listening. And don't forget to sign up to our mailing list where you'll receive a free 10-day guide especially designed to inspire and equip independent music artists with some really useful, practical and inspirational resources. Sign up at www.iamindependent.co.uk For more great content from I Am Independent, Find us on social media at We Are Independent Artists. Check out our Spotify playlist for new music from independent artists. Search We Love Independent Music.